If you're in the UK, good evening. If you're in the US or Canada, good afternoon. If you are in the land of the rising sun, Japan, otherwise known as Nippon, or Australia, good morning. Welcome to the Magic of Wrestling podcast. I'm Mr. Isaacs. And I am, of course, the magician. And by the end of today's show, somebody is going to win a t-shirt. But we've got a few things to do first. But in turn, let's hit that intro, shall we? intro i love that song by the way it's really catchy <laughs> that is awesome i dig it of course of course it's course saturday night again it's time for the magic of wrestling mr isaacs how's your week been not too bad my man very very busy very eventful week uh i was on dynamite after dark this week so that was a lot of fun uh how about you yeah not too bad although i did actually get woke up on dynamite after dark so i was pretty hacked off when i went to work the next day yeah we, we just wanted to call you and uh, get your thoughts on like uh action and ready like I know, but I know, but there's like waking me up, but then it's like three o'clock in the morning. You gotta think I'm actually five hours ahead of you guys. Well, we're just going by the uh the old Vince McMahon mantra of I'm gonna call you in the middle of the night to pick your brain about something. Because <laughs> he always does that with his riders, supposedly, back in the day. So we just want to do that with you. We just want to keep things kind of the way it's done in wrestling. So yes. I will be honest. I'm glad you didn't record what actually I said after the phone call because I was a lot. There was a lot of f's. Let's just be honest. Aaron will kick us off the channel for that. You know better. Yes, we do. We do, of course. Um, we watched much wrestling then this week. Oh uh, yeah, I watched a little bit. I watched most of Raw. I watched most of SmackDown. All of Dynamite, since obviously I reviewed Dynamite and I caught a little bit of Rampage. How about you? What What did you watch this week? Um, I watched Raw, I've not watched AEW yet, and I've recently turned into House of Glory, so I'm kind of curious to check their product out, because you mentioned before the show that it's actually pretty good. House of Glory is a pretty good independent promotion, yeah, it's based out of New York, and uh, it's owned by the rapper Master P, who uh, I, I know you told me prior to the show you hadn't heard of, he was super huge in the South here in the US, so like, if you look up Master P, you're going to find a lot about him. But I like yeah. House of Glory. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, um, the product's pretty good. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. But anyway, let's. We're not here for that, right? We're not. We're, no. we have to, Aaron oh, just calls you because he cares. He, he just said in a comment here. Oh, I, I appreciate you caring, Aaron. But there's a time, mate. I'm just going to be <laughs> honest. Let's let's just get that out there. Uh, right. So obviously, yeah, for our main event, somebody's going to win a shirt. But unfortunately, we've got something to do first. Let's get into part one. We call the Magic Weekly. So, anyways, for the Magic Weekly, I will hand you over to the effing expert himself. So, what we got? Well, we got a few things on the agenda today. Uh, number one, and this one, we'll, we'll get the sad one out of the way first, right? Okay, yep. So, uh, the legendary Leaping Lanny Poffo passed away this week. And uh, have you seen Lanny Poffo much? I, I know he's a bit before your time, but do you are you very familiar with him? I know of him, but I don't know much of, obviously, his stuff, so... But as I said, I'm obviously wrestling with the paranormal. Nobody wants to see, you know, somebody pass away. It's, it's sad, man. Do you know what I mean? When the wrestling family loses somebody. Absolutely. And, and Lanny Poffo was, uh, he was an awesome talent. I mean, he was obviously overshadowed by his much more well-known brother, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the Poffo family, they, they have Kentucky roots here in my backyard. Uh, you know, I went to Dynamite in Lexington a week ago. That's where they used to run their ICW promotion. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, they were firmly rooted here in uh, in my neck of the woods, and uh, that's that's where they cut their teeth. That's where they got to be known. And uh, you know, Lanny went on later to join his brother in the WWF as the uh, the genius, and he would yeah. always come out with this robe on, like he just graduated from college, and he would cut these uh, these poetic promos with his deep voice. And he just sounded very articulate every time that he cut a promo on WWF television. And I, wow. I love his cadence. I loved his style. So rest in peace, Leap and Lanny Poffo. I thought he was great. 
Yeah, and uh, this is obviously the image we found for this, which I think really says a lot. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, Lanny Poffo and the Macho Man, Randy Savage. The, oh, the Poffos yeah. are one of those legendary wrestling families, man, and they're right here in my neck of the woods. So I I, I love the Poffos. Would you agree with that comment there, what FM Wrestling says? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was great on the mic. He was. I, I think he was an underrated, underutilized talent. I think they could have done more with him. I really do. Yeah, yeah. But as you just mentioned there, our thoughts and our prayers, obviously, with his family. I mean, nobody wants to lose anybody in the wrestling family. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, moving on here. Triple H says that it's good to have Vince McMahon back around. Now, here's the question I have for you, Liam. Okay. Is he being sincere or is he full of shit? <laughs> well, it depends who you ask, but if you're asking me, I think he's full of absolute dog crap. I'm going to be honest. I mean, we've seen obviously what Triple H has done while Vince has kind of been away. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the product, I personally feel like it's better. I mean, I will be honest. I'm obviously I start watching Raw a lot more. I feel like the product's a lot more watchable and then you can tell it's it's like a different person in charge <laughs> does he have a gun to his head <laughs> i do not know i do not know so here's how i view it i, I think this is corporate bs you mm -hmm. know I, I think most wwe public statements are corporate bs because yep. they're a big corporation that's publicly traded and that's just what they thrive on so when triple h says that it's it, oh it's it's good uh, to have Vince back around. Uh. I don't believe it, man. I don't buy it. I, I, I think that he's saying that because he doesn't want to provoke Vince to possibly lose his spot. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Vince is his father-in-law. I'm sure he has love and respect and admiration for him. But, you know, he was running the show, and now Vince is back, and he's got to deal with Vince, and it sounds like a headache. I don't think he's being sincere at all when he says that. I think it's corporate BS. Yeah, it's I think it is. I mean, we we only see what obviously reports come out. We don't know what goes off behind, like behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Behind because obviously you just mentioned there, it's still his father-in-law. We don't know what goes off like the family type business. If you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, Linda's nowhere to be found. She's gone. Shane's nowhere to be found. He's gone. Stephanie recently stepped right. down. Stephanie apparently doesn't want to work there. Vince is there. So <laughs> I, th I think there's some interesting dynamics going on in the McMahon family. But, uh, you know, I, I do think the show's been better with Triple H in charge. I just hope they don't mess it up. Yeah. Speaking, obviously, with Stephanie McMahon, what's your opinion, obviously, with uh, stepping down? I I think there's something going on between her and her father. I do. I, I, I kind of think that the uh, the stuff that came out, the allegations against them, the payoffs, all that kind of stuff, she probably takes that personally, you know? I mean, she loves her mom. <laughs> and, you know, if, to hear that he's doing this stuff behind behind her mother's back for, for years and years is probably just getting to her and making her not respect him as much. That would be my guess. No, I think that's a fair comment. I think that's well said, yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Is Dominic Mysterio disrespecting the memory of Eddie Guerrero. Now, I have to preface this. Okay. Because this was first reported by Ringside News, and Ringside News sucks. Yes, like, they do. <laughs> they, they don't get anything right. This was wrong. Vicky Guerrero did not criticize Dominic Mysterio, uh, just to be clear. But it, it did bring up a discussion point to me Okay, of, is Dominic Mysterio disrespecting the legacy of Eddie Guerrero or would Eddie Guerrero be happy about this? What do you think? See, the thing is when you look at Dominic Mysterio, you do get Eddie Guerrero type vibes. I mean, I personally do, but I will be honest. I don't like Dominic Mysterio as a whole. I don't like the way he comes across. I do think it is kind of disrespectful, you know, to Eddie Guerrero. If Eddie was here now, I think he would be angry. That's just my overall opinion. See, I, I see it a little different than that because Eddie and Ray were so close and, uh, you know, Dominic loved Ray dearly and, or excuse me, Dominic loved Eddie dearly. Mm -hmm. um, it's no secret they were really close to each other. Um, I, I think Dominic is doing this as a tribute to Eddie Guerrero. I, I think mm -hmm. using his mannerisms, using the frog splash, that kind of stuff. 
almost as a tribute to him and a way of kind of playing on the fact that Eddie was like the top heel antagonist for his father, Ray. Yep. I get it like a tribute. And, and I think that Eddie would probably be fine with it, considering the fact that Dominic as a child was thrown into an angle with Eddie and Ray Mysterio. Like, That's right, yeah. I just, I think he would be okay with it. I really do. I, I don't think that the Mysterios would go with this. If, they thought that anybody in the Guerrero family would have a problem with it. No, and I think that's a very valid point there because I completely forgot about the uh, young Dominic Mysterio thing till you've just mentioned it there. I'm like, oh my God, that's an angle that I completely forgot about. But yeah, I think you're on point. I think now you've put it in that perspective, I think maybe they would be all right with it. And I agree with what Alex says too about uh, Conan. <laughs> like when he when he was dressed up in the uh, the like ice cube type button up shirt with the plaid on it. Yeah, old school. Like that's how Conan used to dress on Nitro every week. So, like, I kind of <laughs> like that throwback with the big dark shades and all that too. But uh, yeah, I, I think he'd be cool with it. All right, uh, AEW massive profits revealed. This is something that came out in the Bloomberg article. Mm-hmm. My question is, obviously, this is great for wrestling. Do we yep. see it continuing? Do we think they're going to continue to make high profits or? Do we think that they're going to falter in some way? What do you think, Liam? I think they're actually going to be on the up because I've read, obviously, now that they're looking to do house shows. So I feel like the fan base could grow a lot more on that perspective. Plus, obviously, we've seen what, obviously... uh... God damn it. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) But yeah, moving back to, obviously, what we just said there. I mean, obviously, they're doing house shows. I like what, obviously, uh, Jeff Jarrett's doing, you know, from the business side thing. I think they are making good steps. They've obviously, we spoke about at the start of the, the year, obviously, the, the new presentation. And I've got to be honest, I actually like the new presentation. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I, I like the new presentation as well. Um, I hope they continue because wrestling needs a number two, especially mm-hmm. here in North America. Um, it, it just depends. I mean, if they try to grow too much, they may start hemorrhaging money. And that's kind of what I'm afraid of with this house show deal. Okay. Um, but we'll see. I mean, when TNA started hitting the road, I think that kind of hurt them a bit and they ended up having to scale back after a while. Um, but overall, I think this is good. I hope that it continues. It all just depends on whether or not they can get another television deal um, when their, their Warner deal is up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll just see where it goes from here. It's just kind of up in the air. You know, WCW was doing just fine for a couple of years as well. And look where they are today. So I hope that Tony Khan has a better head on his shoulders. But uh, I I guess it remains to be seen. But uh, that does kind of roll into the next point that I had. Because I was going to discuss the idea of AEW set to begin house shows. And how we think, is this going to be a good idea? And do we think this is going to have any kind of adverse effect on the independent scene? What do you think about that, Liam? I think from the independent scene, you will see a lot more independent wrestlers on AEW. Do you know what I mean? I think that'll be on the up. The only downside I've got to that is they've got to do something with Dark and Dark Elevation for me. Because I feel like I like Dark Elevation. You obviously see a lot of new talent. But when it comes to AEW Dark on its own, it's like, what what's the point? I mean, I've said this for weeks on end. Why don't you just combine dark and dark elevation together? You've got a spare spare day then to put Ring of Honor on as an example. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think uh, you know Alex says here that he thinks that they're going to be spread too thin. I kind of that's kind of what I'm worried about too. I'm kind of worried that AEW is going to be spread a little thin here. Um, and another thing too, I, I'm not sure how this is going to affect the independent scene here in America, but I don't think it's going to be good. Because okay. to my understanding, these house shows are going to be ran on Saturday nights. A lot of AEW talents historically have taken bookings through indie promotions on Saturday nights. So, like, really? yeah. So, I mean, we would always see like Moxley go and wrestle for whoever, and somebody would go wrestle for House of Glory. And, and you know, we would see that, but we're not going to see that anymore because a lot of these talents now are going to be held by Tony Khan to work the AEW house show. So I think that's going to have a negative effect on the independent scene here in America, um, which is a little concerning. It is, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I guess it remains to be seen. Maybe there's going to be something that'll be worked out where, you know, only certain talents will be involved and they're not always going to be, I don't know if Moxley's going to be on every single card they do every Saturday night, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it pans out, but I am a little worried about how this is going to affect independent wrestling here in the country. 
I mean, a follow-up thing to that is, obviously, you've seen the size of the AEW roster. Is this where we see more of, like, the not well-known, like, people we see weekly on TV? I think so, because that's typically what you see in house shows. Like, every WWE house show I ever went to was always, like, half the card was, like, the guys that you never see on TV. (laughs) So, like, you know, like, when I would go to a WWE house, like, for example, the last one I went to, um, you would see guys, like, jtg and you know like just guys that you would like never ever see and the running gag was that he was always like with the company but would like never show up on camera because he was working the house shows he was the curtain jerker of the house shows so like this is a common thing and i think it's probably going to be the same thing in aew i think it's going to be the guys you don't see very often mm-hmm. are going to be the ones that are predominantly on these house show events no, I think that's a fair comment. I mean, I think with the house shows, you can you'll have to weigh up good and bad. I mean, I, I do believe Tony Khan knows what he's doing, but we shall definitely see on that one. I hope so, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, Liam is the Ginger Ninja. Can you explain that one to me? A ginger Ninja. It's a running joke in the UK. It's... Oh, Ginger. Okay, I was thinking I Ginger, like you know, Ginger knives or something like that. The <laughs> it's Ginger a running... Ninja, because you're yes. redhead, right? Yes. Okay. I got That's you. correct. <laughs> Damn it, Andy. Well, Joseph is getting to this next point that uh, I guess we could go ahead and talk about, too. What do you guys think about the news that WWE will let select NXT talent with certain indie companies? So let's... Uh, we, we got a, a a tweet from Alvarez about that, I believe. Let me yep. see. There you go. Brian Alvarez tweeted, NXT is going to allow talent to work select indies going forward, which is a pretty big deal in the opinion of Mr. Alvarez. What say you, Liam? The only thing in that tweet, what really I'm thinking, it says select few. Is it like certain promotions? Is it going to be ones like the well-known ones? I don't know. I mean, I'm actually happy for the NXT talent because I feel like there is some great talent on that roster. But when you watch the product as a whole, you're like... Literally, it is. It's a snooze fest. I mean, let's be honest. But when you're looking at like Braun Breakers, just as an example, Nikita Lyons, uh, Carmelo Hayes, there's, there's, do you know what I mean there's quite a few decent people on that roster? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this is as big of a deal as people are making it out to be, just for the simple fact that they've done this before. Um, oh, okay. You know, when Evolve was around a few years ago, before they sold to the Dota B and completely folded up. Uh, Gabe Sapolsky was actually booking NXT talents. I mean, that's that's where um, um, God, what, what their name is eluding me at the point. Anyways, th- there were some several NXT talents that appeared and evolved and even held championships there. The Street Profits. That's who I. That's who I. Could, <laughs> uh, the Street Pof- Profits were like evolved tag team champions for a while before they even made an appearance on NXT television. Really, so I didn't they, know they that. did this a lot to kind of get these guys, these green guys, some exposure, uh, put them in the hands of somebody who's really experienced and trusted like Gabe Sapolsky to help shape and mold them. So this is not a new concept. This is something that they've done with NXT before. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, Evolve is not in business anymore. So I, I don't know what independent promotions they're going to send them to. So that'll be kind of interesting to see. But I guarantee you it'll be ones that don't work with AEW. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think this is obviously where we'll see people from the independent scene coming to obviously NXT so like vice versa um I doubt it unless it's just to be an enhancement talent mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't think we're going to see like big name independent wrestlers just coming in for one shot deals with NXT we used to see that uh I don't know if you remember when uh blueprint blue pants was like a big deal in NXT a few years ago yes I do and uh yeah Leva Bates um Who's an who is an AEW and we never see ever. <laughs> I think she does a lot more like behind the scenes type stuff, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, she had a nice little run in NXT and she was just an indie wrestler. She was never signed by the WWE. So I mean, they've done this before. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what Triple H and Shawn Michaels' vision is here. I know they hired Gabe Sapolsky back mm-hmm. to work with the NXT brand. So I don't know if he has something to do with this. I don't know. But but we'll see how this goes. I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah, I think it is a big deal for the NXT brand because, as I mentioned there, there's there's a real, some really good thing. Booker T's company, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I could see them working with Reality of Wrestling, yeah, yeah. But like I said, until we know exactly what promotions it's going to be, I do agree <laughs> what you've just said there. Oh yes, GCW. Can you imagine, 
<laughs> Nick no. Gage to take the pizza cutter to like uh, I don't know what what are those stupid guys that look like the Beverly Brothers? Yeah, I wouldn't you, mind seeing that. That'd be kind of fun. No, can you imagine Nick Gage on NXT? Just by the way, that would be so funny. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pizza cut your head. <laughs> and then there's a pizza advert when it goes to an ad break. <laughs> this time it'd be Pizza Hut instead of Domino's. That is correct. <laughs> right, what else we got in the Magic Weekly? <laughs> that was the last bit that I had was the uh, the NXT bit. So we can move on here with the statement that Liam sells Avon. Now, do you know what Avon is? Out, it's, uh, it's, it's a product type thing in the UK where they sell beauty products for men and women, by the way. We're not being sexist here, by the way. Let's be honest. So get you some chapstick. Hit up my man, Liam. All right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> right. So just got one last thing before we get into our main event. I'm going to say a massive thank you to our sponsor, Pyramid 2.0, sponsored by Sabre or Sabre. Have we decided yet what it is? Sabre. Think different. <laughs> now, mine's actually finally turned up. I've been on it all morning, all, obviously, for quite a while, most of the day. You, you were really, really on point there. It does absolutely everything. It does, man. I mean, I was sitting in bed watching Nick Gage death matches just the other night with it, and it, it was just, it was fantastic. And the, and the triangular screen, like, gave a perfect aesthetic for a death match. I, I really recommend you guys try it. It's it's life changing. It is. It is. It does absolutely everything. And as we always say, Saber, it's time to come home. Yes. Right. We've done enough talking. Shall we get to the point where we're actually here? Let's do it. Let's get into our main event. The main event. Put that quarter in there, little boy. Let's do this. <laughs> right. So, obviously, for our main event, it's time for our what we call a t shirt giveaway. So, we, this has been going for, is it since December? I can't remember exactly when. Uh, yes, we, we, we put together the mailbag concept in December, so we are just now executing it here in February, but, uh, it's going to be very fun. I'm looking forward to seeing these questions. Yes, of course. So basically the concept is, is we sent this thing out, say, look, you've got a question, send it to the mailbox and we will answer it on the show. Now, the one thing I did say, it doesn't have to be wrestling related. So we've got 17 questions we're going to answer. And by the end of the show, Mr. Isaacs himself is going to pick a winner, and I have no idea who's going to pick. So, shall we get started? Let's get started, my man. So, first question is, and now this is one I sent there, just for just to wheedle a bit, a few people in. And it's, many fans believe Shawn Michaels isn't a homegrown talent. Would you agree or disagree? So, let me explain why I actually said this. Now, a lot of people say because Michaels came from the AWA, he doesn't fall under like the homegrown talent from WWE. What's your thoughts? Well, first of all, question number one is brought to you by Backshave.com. Thank you, Aaron, for the reminder. Um, you. you know, very, very big sponsor of the program. Uh, I use Backshave.com all the time, about once a week, and uh, it, it keeps me clean, keeps keeps me pristine and smooth. So Backshave.com for all your Backshave needs. Thank now, you. getting back to the question here, I, I suppose it depends on what you consider to be a homegrown talent. Okay. Like if they wrestled in another promotion and was just kind of like a, a mediocre, lesser known enhancement type guy, and then they went to a big promotion and all of a sudden they became a superstar. Well, mm -hmm. do you consider that a homegrown talent or does a homegrown talent have to literally start in the promotion in which they got successful? I mean, that's a valid point there. I never actually looked at it that way. I was just going on, obviously, what a lot of fans think. But you could actually look at it that way. I mean, because how many wrestlers do we know start from, like, a small company? Almost all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless they were one of these guys that, like, played football and went to NXT just as an athlete, and then they trained them how to be a professional wrestler, and then they went on to be a star in the WWE I mean, unless you're one of those types, then I don't think that you can really be a quote-unquote homegrown talent in most people's eyes. Now, for me personally, I would say Shawn Michaels is a homegrown talent, and the reason being is that he was the Midnight Rockers in uh, the AWA. But uh, when he went to the WWE, 
that's when he really kind of uh, stepped out of the tag team scene, became the heartbreak kid. And uh, the rest is history from there. Became one of the biggest stars in wrestling history. So uh, to me personally, I would consider that to be a homegrown talent type situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. I think you're on point there. So yeah, I think Shawn Michaels is a homegrown talent. Well said. And like what Joseph Graham says here, MJF came from MLW, but he's called a homegrown talent in AEW. So do you think this is down to like per, 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 uh, personal preference in a way? Yes. I think it's it's open to interpretation and in what you consider to be a homegrown talent. Yeah, so I think with this question, it all depends who you ask. So if we're asking you, obviously as both, we would agree is a homegrown talent, but some people might say no. Yeah, that 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 would be my understanding. No, I think that's well said. So next question. All right, let's go to question number two <laughs> by Ben Leslie. Do you know the Muffin Man now, Liam? Have you ever met the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? Have you met him? No, I do not know who he is, but apparently he's a nice guy. I mean, he lives on Drury Lane. So, I mean, you can just go see him, knock on his door. Now, I will tell you that growing up, I was always a huge fan of blueberry muffins. That was always a staple that I had uh, whenever I would eat breakfast in the morning. So, I'm a big fan of the Muffin Man. And you know what? I might hit him up. I might go to Drury Lane. I don't remember where it is. I'll Google Map it. <laughs> um, go back to Drury Lane, and uh, I'd like to shake the hand of the, of the Muffin Man because I think he's a fantastic guy. Do you think he's got Twitter? I didn't even think about that. I mean, God and Satan both have Twitter, so the Muffin Man probably has a Twitter. I might tweet him, see what he says. Please do. Tag me in it. Of course I will. So the question is, do you know the Muffin Man? I would like to know the Muffin Man. <laughs> I don't know him, but I'd like to know him. Guys in the comments, friend. if he's real, I want him to be my friend. I want him to come watch wrestling with me. You can imagine that just this muffin and you sat at the front row. Yes. <laughs> what if you saw me on dynamite and I was in the front row and literally a giant muffin was sitting next to me? Like, imagine wouldn't that be great? I, I think I might make my cousin Steven dress up like a muffin next time we go to dynamite. <laughs> oh, please do. Please send me a picture of that because that would be brilliant. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Actually, you, sir. <laughs> right, so we'll get on to question three, and this comes from Aaron. I'm sure we know this guy, right? Aaron Harder? I think I've heard of him. Yeah, he's a nice, probably a nice guy. So this goes. This question goes out to the both of you. If we were all out eating bacon cheeseburgers and I didn't get a pickle with mine, and I asked you really nicely, would you give me your pickle? Canada Dry. You know, I'll answer this one first. I, I'm not stingy with my pickle, okay? So... If Aaron wants my pickle, and if he asks nice enough, sure, I'd let him have it. Yeah, I mean, I will be honest, I'm not really a big fan of him, so if somebody wants it, they can have it, do you know what I mean? This kind of reminds me of the scene, have you seen the movie Billy Madison? I have not. Okay, so it's like one of Adam Sandler's first films, who's an American comedian, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but uh, they, they had a scene in it where they, they go to this, like, uh, this place where they, it's like kind of an outdoor burger joint. They take their pickles and they throw them on the wall, and then they they have like a race and guess whose pickle is going to reach the bottom of the wall uh, first. So I would imagine that if we all of us sat down and had a double cheeseburger with pickles on it together, we'd probably mm -hmm. do that. So I mean, I would definitely share the pickle with Aaron so that we could race our pickles, and I would beat him every time because I'm the expert. Oh, I've just got the urge of a pickle race. I mean, just I just like that <laughs> little concept there. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to question number three. Uh, no, we already had that oh, one. Question four. Question four, my bad. Do you enjoy what you do? Now, this, this is, is a bit of a loaded question here, so I'm going to let you answer it because I want to see what you say. Um, this comes from Heaven Renninger. I hope I said that right. Yes, absolutely, we love what we do. Do you know, the one thing I love is coming, obviously, on the show every Friday and Saturday and the occasional Sunday, and we get to talk, do you know, loads of wrestling we get to interact with obviously with all the guys the community for afw speaks for itself personally do you know what i mean everything i think it's helped me more as a person because i'll always remember doing my first ever episode on this and i was absolutely nervous as hell i will be honest so now look i'm just so confident in myself in a way i mean have you got anything to add with that 
Yeah, so podcasting is something that I've always wanted to be into. I always wanted to do radio. Like, I used to want to be a radio DJ. That used to be what I wanted to do. Uh, when I was in college, I, I studied politics, and I used to get into listening to, like, political talk radio of all sides of the spectrum, not just left or right. Um, and I always thought, you know, I would love to do this. I would love to just turn a microphone, sit down, and just talk to people. And just talk about anything, you know, whether it's a particular subject or, or what have you. And, uh, you know, eventually my love of talk radio, I got real into listening to Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony and uh, Bubba the Love Sponge back in the day, back when you used to have Hogan on all the time. I used to listen to all those shows. And, uh, you know, eventually that kind of went by the wayside and this thing called podcasting came along. And then I kind of transitioned to listening to Rogan because I was a big UFC guy. And I found this guy, Colt Cabana, who uh, had a wrestling podcast, which was like the only one at the time, which, you know, led me down this road, down this road, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon to where now I am hosting a podcast, co-hosting a podcast here on All F and Wrestling. So I do enjoy what I'm doing. I think it's great. Um, I see that uh, this Brie mode here says that uh, she wanted to be in radio as well. So. Yeah, I mean, talk radio is a great thing. It, it was awesome. I love having the microphone and just talking about things that I love. So here's a question for you. I've got you, like a little follow-up to this. I, how would you like differ from radio to podcasting? Would you say they're like the same? Well, podcasting is a lot less regulated and controlled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, obviously you're at the behest of whoever like owns the, the channel or whatever. But, uh, you know, it, 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 in in radio where it's uh, at least here in America, where it's, it's, it's a publicly controlled utility, mm-hmm. you're regulated by the uh, federal communications commission. So you can't curse and you got to have these kind of rules and that kind of rules. You can say this, you can't say that you got to have commercials. Uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of rules and regulations, both corporate and government that you have to deal with. And in podcasting, you don't have to deal with it. You just start a channel, turn on a microphone, say whatever you want and be beholden to nobody but yourself. So podcasting is really the ultimate medium for this new era of broadcasting. No, I think that's well said. I love that little um, explaining the differences. So, right. So question five up to now, I believe. Uh, Yes. So this comes from Taylor Coop, also known as Coop. What made you want to start the Magic of Wrestling podcast? So, I'll start, obviously, on this, then you can elaborate how you came on board. So, it was actually last year, I was, like, doing articles, you know, like, on, like, wrestling topics, like, you know, match reviews and stuff like that. But then, I, do you know when you get, like, bored of doing, like, the same thing over and over again? So, then I was speaking to, obviously, one of the friends, and I said, how do you think if I actually start a podcast? And he says, oh, that's great, that's great. So, obviously, I planned... I'm a, I will be honest, I'm a sucker for planning out. You probably guessed that being on the show quite a lot. But um, yeah, obviously, I planned the show out and I never anticipated it actually. I thought it was going to last a couple of months, but as months progressed, obviously, it just transpired from that. It expanded, expanded. And then obviously, it came to where I'm part of the FM Wrestling Network. So, anything you want to add on that one? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I went down the rabbit hole. Uh, I'm a fan of a lot of different wrestling podcasts. Uh, you know, noob here pointed out something that he's listened to Don Tony in particular is a guy that I've listened to a lot over the years. Um, you know, there's some others as well. I'm not going to, not going to name them all here, but, uh, you know, when I met you and, uh, you told me you did a wrestling podcast and I was like, ah, you know, I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to try it out. And you're like, well, why don't you come on my show? So I was on one of those very, very early magic of wrestling podcasts before you even joined all F and wrestling. And, uh, I loved it. It was a great experience. I even went back recently and listened to it. <laughs> sounded a lot different than now. Like I sounded like I was uh, a little more nervous. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just trying to trying to do what I thought would sound good. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think you and I both have come a long way since then. I think we're much better at this. No, absolutely. I fully agree. And I, I remember exactly which episode it was. It was episode nine, which is the number which will always stick out for me because it was obviously the first time we did a podcast together, which led to, obviously, you've been on, obviously, the Effing Wrestling Network, and now you're the co-host. I think there's not a week goes by where you're not on a show. <laughs> Sometimes I'm on them all. There you go. <laughs> I haven't hit the grand... Well, I am a Grand Slam uh, participant. I've been on literally every show on this channel. 
but I'm waiting to be a Grand Slam week, like to literally appear on every single show in one calendar week. I haven't hit that yet, but I will. Yeah, I mean, if you speak to Aaron, we'll probably get that working for you. So. <laughs> All uh, right, what, are we on question six or seven? We're on question six. Six. Now, this comes from my compliance officer at work, so you, we better be careful with this one. Keely Lamberts, what is the meaning of life? What a loaded question. And I will oh, let God. Liam take this one first. Wow. I mean... What is the meaning of life? I mean, I, I I honestly have no, I can't explain how or to even answer that question. This is one which has really stumped me. I will be honest. Liam is lost for words at this. So I'll, I'll head to you. I'll see if I can actually think about this because this has really stumped me. I will be honest. <laughs> Aaron, we are very happy to be here, my man. Alec Haney says meaning of life is 42. Um. Unless you have the opposite point of view, then it's 24. <laughs> but uh, to find people who make you feel content in where you are, says Bree Mode, that's a good answer. I'm going to say, and I'm going to have kind of a scientific view of what the meaning of life is. The meaning of life at its rudimentary, biological, scientific level is self-sustenance. Okay. You just want, you need to exist. And everything you do is to sustain your life and exist, whether it's socialization, meeting people, building relationships, having a job, creating a family so that you can continue on your legacy and your name. It is all in the interest of self-preservation and sustenance. Yeah. I mean, you've just literally just blown my mind with that, I will be honest, but to know God, I mean, this is another one where everyone's going to have their own opinion on it. But for me, I feel like it's, being happy in the world, I feel like in the world this day and age, there's so much sadness, there's so much anger, there's so much hatred towards people, do you know what I mean, animals, do you know, there's so much negativity in the world. I feel like, for me, it's to be more positive, believe in yourself, because, I mean, there's people out there who do struggle, do you know, with confidence and stuff. I'm probably one of them as well, but for me, the meaning of life is be yourself, be happy, don't let anybody tell you, you know, how to act, how to be. Or dogs, as Al Caney says. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good reason to live, too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's that's the only question we've had so far where I'm actually stumped, but you could, there's so many things you can actually say with that, to be honest. Yeah. Well, have you got any, anything to add on that one? I, I, think, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Great question, by the way, Keely, I will be honest. Right, are we up to question seven now? Uh, was that seven? Uh, That's seven. We are seven, yes. Yep, so this comes from Caleb Bain, who says, what is your favorite part of WWE this year with Triple H joining WWE, with the ideas in WWE, with all the divisions? So we kind of touched on this at the start of the show, but how do you feel Triple H is doing in, in WWE? I think he's doing a good job. Uh, I don't think he's doing a great job, but I think he's doing a good job. And I, I think a lot of that, the criticism that I would have, is it's not really his fault. I started saying mm -hmm. my fault. It's definitely not my fault. It's not really his fault because he is still hampered and handcuffed by corporate idea. Uh, so, like, I mean, even though he's the head of creative, he still has to appease shareholders. He still has to appease the sponsors. He still has to appease the network. So, like, he can't just willy-nilly do whatever he wants like he did in NXT. But I do think the product has gotten significantly better. And I think this bloodline angle is the most emotionally charged good angle i've seen in wrestling in several years yeah the so, only I mean, thing you gotta give him credit for that whether you're a wwe fanboy or not gotta give him credit for that yeah i mean the only thing i've got with the the bloodline storyline i feel like if it wasn't for sammy i feel like that bloodline storyline would have gone downhill i feel like him coming on board has kind of invested it a lot more i think fans are getting behind it as you mentioned there the emotions yeah i mean i think you could draw a lot of parallels and I think I said this on the Royal Rumble show. You could draw a lot of parallels between Sami Zayn's meteoric rise to popularity and Daniel Bryan. So I kind of wonder if, you know, they, they just set up the elimination chamber for uh, Sami Zayn to go up against Roman Reigns. And then, of course, Roman Reigns is set to defend against Cody at Mania. I kind of wonder if this is going to be a Batista, Orton, Bryan situation where 
they they wanted to go with Orton versus Batista, but the crowd was so insistent on having Daniel Bryan that they ended up making it a triple threat match. I kind of wonder if that's what's going to happen here. It could be. I mean, I've, there's obviously reports that Roman Reigns is going to be defending on both nights. Do you know each title individually? Because the thing what's been mentioned a lot is, as Effing Wrestling says there, separate the belts. Yes. So Yeah, yeah. They, they need to separate the belts. So, I mean, I, I would like to see a situation where, you know, either um, Reigns retains over Sammy or Sammy beats Reigns for one of the belts and then Cody takes the other one. I, I would like to see that because I think Raw really suffers not having a proper world champion. Oh, no, definitely. I fully agree there totally. So, hopefully that answers Caleb's question. Wait, we're up to question eight. Question eight. Comes from Daddy Dad- Donovan. <laughs> so I now know we, you do podcasts. My question is, what made you want to start doing them? I think so we've kind of discussed this already, but I want to see what you what you want to add to that. Um, I mean, I think we just spoke about that question already. Do you know what I mean? We obviously, I wanted to obviously do articles to start with. I kind of pushed obviously to do a podcast, and it's kind of like built up from then. You can obviously sp- speak about obviously your little side project, the Eye of Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So. One of the things I did before I became like a permanent co-host here was uh, I had my own channel, Mr. Isaacs, and uh, I did a couple of uh, eye on wrestling videos. I actually think I just did one, (laughs) but, uh, you know, that was kind of something that I was going to do and I was going to kind of push forward on until I became a co-host here. And then I'm like, well, you know, I don't know if I want to double dip in wrestling or not. So you could still check me out over there. I do some horror movie reviews and I do a lot of gaming videos. So if you want to support me, I would really appreciate it. But uh, the wrestling content, I'm pretty much going to keep here. And, uh, you know, kind of like I said before, I'll just kind of expound upon it a little bit, I guess. Um, I don't really know anybody to talk about wrestling with in my real life. You know, I I have kind of reconnected with my cousin, Steven, that I went to Dynamite with, who's appeared he actually listened to the show live it was on the chat on dynamite after dark so shout out to him um but i don't really talk about wrestling a lot in my quote-unquote real life so to me this is a good avenue for doing so for getting out there talking to like-minded people who like the same kind of stuff that i do uh absent of people around me physically that i can talk to about wrestling yeah i think that's a really good little question on right so we're up to question nine Yes. Yes, we are. So this comes from Harley Dimmock, who is obviously the operations administrator at work. I can't believe I managed to get so many people from my workplace. (laughs) What is your favorite cafe to order from? Now, she did actually send another email after, which was, it has to be a cafe one. We all know you're famous for your weekly emails ordering lunch. (laughs) Look, right. Okay, just because I send emails, just to make sure everybody wants food, right? Yeah, it doesn't make me a bad person, all right? (laughs) But yeah, um, so the, the actual cafe I do like is one near us called Royal Cafe, and the, the food is absolutely exceptional. Do you know what I mean? It's like a standard cafe. You use like your bacon sandwich, your sausage sandwich, your stuff like that. But what about you when it comes to obviously cafes and stuff? I will address that in just a second. But F and Wrestling says, let's get Steven on the show. Yes, I would like to have him on the show. And uh, maybe I'll have him on. the. There's a week that Liam's not going to be able to be on. Maybe I'll have him on. And we could have a special episode. Uh, he's a very smart guy. He's got a good voice. Uh, he's a musician, excellent guitar player, and he does audio and video production. So he's an interesting guy. I would like to have him on. So maybe well, we'll then I'm, it's on this 18 for this month. I'm not going to be here. So yeah, I, I may see if I can get him to come on that episode. And uh, he and I will talk about wrestling for a while. Um, but uh, to get back to the question, a favorite cafe. Now, there's one kind of close to me here. Uh, it's in Midway, Kentucky. It's called the Goose and the Gander. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they have good New York-style flat pizza. And they have every kind of beer and bourbon that you could possibly have. And uh, it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. That's my favorite place to go and get food. There you go. So hopefully that answers your question, Harley. Right, we're up to question 10. Wow. Question 10. Michael Smith. I know Michael Smith. He's a nice guy. He was on the program last week. He was. What are y'all's favorite Jim Carrey movie? And do you miss him not being around? Now, Liam, do you know much about Jim Carrey? Oh, yes, absolutely. He's probably one of the biggest actors I ever watched growing up. I mean, there's so many movies I could actually pick. Liar, Liar, The Grinch, 
uh, Bruce Almighty. I mean, they're the three which stick out for me. I do miss him because I think he's a great actor. Yeah, and I grew up watching him too. Um, you know, I, I he was on a television show, a sketch comedy show here in America called In Living Color. I don't know how many of you know that or, or, or remember it. Um, it was a hilarious show. And he was like, he was like the only white guy on the show. It was a lot of African-Americans. That's where Jamie Foxx came from and uh, the Wayans brothers. And like just a lot of these phenomenal comedic talents came from this show that is very underrated that more people need to talk about these days. But uh, my favorite Jim Carrey movie was Dumb and Dumber. I oh. mean, Dumb and Dumber is an absolute iconic comedy film. Uh, one of the greatest, if not the funniest movie of all time. Love did Dumb and like, Dumber. Did, did you like the remake they did that with obviously the same two actors? No. No? Okay. <laughs> the remake and the prequel were both awful. Like, the original one's great, but the, uh, the, the, the second two, I could do without them. They just weren't very good. There um, you go. But, uh, yeah, Jim Carrey today, Obviously, he's kind of he doesn't do comedy anymore. He's kind of a weird dude. He kind of became reclusive. He does a lot of artwork and like, I don't know. He's just kind of a strange guy now. But uh, man, he was hilarious back in the day. Yeah, of course. Yes, I do miss Jim Carrey. So right, we're up to question eleven. Is it my turn to click it? Or is it you? It is yours. Okay. So this comes from oh dear, director time. <laughs> so, Another corporate email. <laughs> We're very polite, yeah. So, because hi, Liam. My question is, who is your favorite wrestler of all time, and why? Liam, are you gonna get? A, are we gonna see one from like King Charles here? Because, like, I mean, you're like going up the ladder here of like everybody that like has some kind of authority over you. Um, we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I'll let you start with this one. Go ahead. Favorite wrestler? It was a favorite wrestler of all time. Is that what it was? It's correct, and why? Okay. Well, I've mentioned this on the show before. Aaron is going to get all giddy and start jumping up and down. Brett the Hitman Hart is my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, when I was a little kid, my favorite wrestler was the Ultimate Warrior because I like the aesthetic of him and the look and everything. Mm -hmm. But when I started to appreciate more of the technicality side of professional wrestling, Bret Hart was it for me. Like, Bret Hart was the babyface world champion when I was, like, you know, 10 years old going to WWE house shows. And I just, I love Bret Hart. He's my all-time favorite wrestler. So for me, it's actually The Undertaker because I, when I obviously started watching wrestling in the early 2000s, <laughs> we knew we were going to like that one. But yeah, obviously my favorite wrestler was obviously The Undertaker because it was the early 2000s. I think it was The Biker Taker at the time. And I just liked the, obviously the persona, his wrestling style. But at the time, I didn't know... Do the backstory to like the dead man type thing? So then, when I actually learned about him a bit more, I'm like, oh my god, this guy's unbelievable. I mean, so I have to know since you started watching the uh, the, the biker era taker, what was your favorite theme? Was it the Limp Biscuit one or the Kid Rock one? I'm gonna, I really like the Kid Rock one, I will be honest. The Limp Biscuit one is just as good, but for me, I prefer the Kid Rock one. What about you? Yeah, I'd probably say the Kid Rock one. The Kid Rock one's more kind of like biker. Kid Rock's more like a biker type guy than Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit was more kind of like the skater kids. Yeah, but then, like I said, for me, it's got to be The Undertaker. So hopefully that answered the question. Right. So, question 12, we're up to 12. The Holiday Christopher Mace. And he repeats, this is the holiday Christopher Mace. My question is since Kenny Omega needs only the TNT title, to become the only Grand Slam champion, when should he win the title, and who should the champion be that he defeats to win? Liam, what say you? I mean, I actually forgot. He's nearly close to the Grand Slam. I, I don't think... I don't know. I mean, does somebody of Kenny Omega's stature need to be a Grand Slam champion? Is it as talked about as people think these days? For me, I'm thinking, don't, because I feel like he's too good of a talent and i don't feel like it doesn't get utilized <laughs> that's not we very know. nice effing wrestling We're no it's be not. welcoming to our community um now for me personally i don't see kenny omega actually going for the tnt title at all i feel like he's such a main eventer that i feel like that's where he belongs yeah i, I kind of agree with that 
I mean, if they have no intention of putting the world title back on him or ever having him be a main event competitor ever again, mm-hmm. I could see maybe putting the TNT title on him at that point just to get, let him work some matches with some uh, some mid-card baby faces or mid-card heels. Um, but, I mean, I'm not clamoring to see it. You know, I mean, it, Omega's, what, 40 years old now? I mean, yes. like he's he's aging quite a bit. Like, I, I think the TNT title needs to stay on younger talent. But yeah. I mean, obviously, Samoa Joe's up there at age too. But uh, you know, I think for the most part, it should be on younger talent. Yeah, I agree there totally. So I think we'll probably never see Kenny Omega winning the TNT title. So and Alex says Kenny Omega sucks. We need <sighs> screw you, Henny. <laughs> I don't think. I think. Yeah, I think Mr. Graham says it their best. I don't think he needs it. Yeah, I don't think he does either. I mean, it, you know it. Omega's going to do whatever he wants to do in AEW, and Tony Khan's probably going to let him do it. So, I mean, if he wants to do it, he'll probably do it, but I don't know. I, I think right now they're just going to do this trios thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, so we're up to question 13. Wow, we've gone through 13 questions already. This comes from Rich Southwood. My question is, who do you feel is the person to take the belt off here to when the time comes? Thanks for taking my question. I'll let you start on that one. I think it's going to have to be Britt Baker. Yeah, I mean, they're doing this kind of long-form Tony Khan-style storytelling here, kind of teasing Hater and uh, Baker and Dissension, and now they're back together again, and there's going to be more Dissension down the road. I think that's who it's going to have to be. I think that's going to be Britt Baker's chance to get back on top of things, Mm -hmm. and um, I think think Baker's going to be one to take the title from her. Really? Interesting. Uh... The only person who comes to mind for me is Chris Statlander. I feel like if it wasn't for the injuries, I feel like she could be pushed to the main event. So for me, it's going to have to be Chris Statlander. That's probably the only person who I can think of at the moment. Statlander. Okay. And uh, Evan Wrestling says Soraya. Could be. I mean, who knows? I, I think the only question about Soraya is her health and whether or not she's got too much ring rust to be a champion at the moment. But yeah, yeah, I think that's probably a fair comment there on that one. So, right up to question 14. Next one. There we go. Rebecca March Banks. Hi, friends. My question for the panel is, if you could train under any wrestler, living or dead, who would you pick and why? XO Dollywood. Of course, it had to be Dollywood, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really you want a question? So I'll let you answer that one first. I mean, it's got to be Stu Hart for me. I mean, when you look at the the wrestlers who's obviously come out of the Hart Dungeon, I mean, Chris Jericho, obviously Bret Hart himself. That's not even like there's so many people. What's come out? Obviously, the the heart of the famous Hart Dungeon. It's you cannot say Stu Hart for me. Let's be honest. All right. I'm going to say Carl Gotch because I would want to learn the shoot style and I would want to learn how to submit people both in shoot fights and professional wrestling. So uh, Carl Gotch went over to Japan, taught a lot of the Japanese wrestlers uh, shoot style of wrestling. So that would be my choice because I I would, if I did train, I'd want to be both a professional wrestler and a professional fighter too. So I'd probably want to dabble in MMA. Uh, So Carl Gotch would be who I would train under. No, yeah, I think that's the fair one. I mean, but uh, the reason I said Stu Hart is obviously because I've mentioned there the Hart Dungeon is probably one of the most famous things there. So, absolutely, yeah, yeah, right. And, so, and, and Evan Wrestling is right. Stu works that way too. Um, but yeah, uh, it kind of similar. But yeah, I would choose Gotch. That's who I would choose. Yeah, of course. Right. So we've got three questions here, and then we've got one which I've not added, which we'll obviously get to at the end. Is that right? Sure. So we've got question fifteen, which is from. The lovely Brianna. Liam Wakeley, will you go up against me in a shirtless mask asking for a friend? Are we really doing this? <laughs> <laughs> All serious note, what does Magic of Wrestling expect to see out of 2023 in goals in hindsight? Wow, that's not really something I've actually thought about. Goals, do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I'll let you start. What, what about you? What's your goals? Oh, geez. Just goals for wrestling in general, I suppose. Um I want to see AEW get a streaming deal. I think that's mm-hmm. number one. 
I think the pay-per-view model is antiquated. I think we need to move away from it. It's 2023. We've got to get away from it. And it's it's difficult to expect people to pay $40 to watch AEW mm-hmm. whenever you could pay $5 and watch WWE on Peacock. Like, that's kind of a hard sell for a lot of casuals. Now, for hardcores like us, it's not as big of a deal. But for casuals, it is a big deal. And I think if they want to hook in more casuals and they're really serious about doing this, they've got to get a proper streaming deal so that people can have easier access to watch the big matches in AEW. So I, if I had to point to one thing, that would be it. AEW has got to go to streaming. I think you're on point there. I feel like this day and age, streaming is become so popular. I mean, you look at the network. I mean, the, is it Peacock? I can't quite remember if that's correct. We WWE. Yeah. And I feel like that is the way forward because people like to watch it on the phones or the computer, you know, like on the move. So, yeah, yeah I think the streaming thing is absolutely well said there, mate. I cannot disagree there totally. Right, so we've got to question 16. 16, Faith Hour. Uh, HR manager. I guess that's another one of your corporate folks. That is correct. How does a table match work in WWE? Milo is curious. Now, who is Milo? I presume that's one of her kids. Um, so we better do good with this one, otherwise I'm going to bollock it on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, go ahead and explain uh, for Milo, Mr. Wakelin, what is a table match at WWE? So a table match is where it could be a tag team, could be three people, could be four people. I mean, the idea of the actual match is to put one superstar or superstars through the table. I mean, that's probably the only way I could describe it, really. So the tables we're talking about here, we're not talking about like a dining room table or anything like that. We're talking about a little fold-up table that you would take to like a backyard picnic. So the one that's got the cheapo legs on it, and it's got the like uh, the little plywood that's super cheap. You get one of those, and you set it up. So it breaks easy, right? And the idea is that you have to lift your opponent up and put them through the table in some capacity. You could either throw them through it uh, with the table propped up in the corner of the ring, or you could set it up on its legs and throw somebody through it, what have you. But uh, the first person to go through a table loses. There you go. Well said. But what if both <laughs> people go through? We never actually know that. Liam once tried to fight a Pokemon with a pigeon. He caught in the city center. I think he means Pidgey. Come on. <laughs> I don't watch Pokemon, so I couldn't tell you. It's an old school type thing, but yeah, I think that pretty much summarizes the table match. So, <laughs> right. So, do you want to click on question seventeen, and I'll read question eighteen out? Sure. So we've got Jim Gilligan. Question. Oh, we got Gilligan here from Gilligan's Island. How much? Pro- how much money can you make from wrestling as a professional? What say you, Liam? Um, I mean, the way you look at it, it could be depending what promotion you're in. If you're talking indie scene, you could be something like fifty pounds or dollars, depending. It all depends, really, which like type of promotion you're in. So here's the way that I would answer this: professional wrestling is like any other business. So let, let's draw a parallel here between professional wrestling and fast food. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you get a job at your local McDonald's and your first role at McDonald's is, like, I don't know, mopping up the piss in the bathrooms, right? So, you got the guys that go in the urinal, they don't know how to aim, piss all over the floor, and uh, your job at the end of the night is to go in there on the sticky floor and scrub it, right? Now, if that's your role in McDonald's, you're not going to make that much. You're going to make very little. You're not even going to make enough to live on your own because America doesn't believe in living wages. Um, So, yeah, you're going to be broke. You're going to be poor. You might have enough money to get like a Coca-Cola from the machine or something, but that's about it. Same thing as a professional wrestler. If you're in the local independent scene, you're probably not making anything. You might make a couple hundred dollars. Now, conversely, if you're up the ladder, let's say you're a manager at McDonald's, then you're going to draw a salary. It's not going to be a good salary, but it's going to be a salary, and you're going to have benefits. And you're no longer going to have to be the one that scrubs the piss off the floor, but you're going to be the one that watches over the cooks and watches over the drive through and deals with all the Karens that come in. Now, at that point, you're making a decent amount of money. Yep. And 
in the professional wrestling world, that would be like you working for Impact, right? Or MLW or something like that would be kind of like you being a McDonald's manager. Now, if you were to get up to uh, CEO of McDonald's, you are making a ton of money. You are the man. And in pro wrestling, that would be if you're Tony Khan or Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> which is not going to happen <laughs> no <laughs> because that's not. basically locked into a system of generational wealth where you can't really break that glass ceiling um unless you're just like if you won the lottery or something like that you could but i mean again it just depends it depends there's various pay scales in pro wrestling just like there is any other business on the planet you know if you're the guy setting up the ring part of the ring crew you might get to work as an enhancement talent on an independent card you're not going to make anything maybe a hundred bucks if you're john cena you might make six million dollars it just depends yep absolutely i think that's well said so we've got two more questions obviously for some reason stream has not uploaded these two so we're going to knock these two questions out pretty quick this one comes from john perry if i want to be a pro wrestler in wwe aw or tna who do i talk to um, go ahead. <laughs> well, I think the first thing that you would want to do is you want to go to a professional wrestling school, right? So you'd want to get on your little Google machine, type of pro wrestling schools, see who trains near you and go talk to them because most reputable wrestling schools are ran by former WWE or WCW or whatever, ECW talents, right? That's what most of them are nowadays in this country. So look up a legitimate school close by to you go they're probably going to charge you a lot of money but you can learn a lot from them that's the start um then you can go and start working independent shows and you can say hey i trained under al snow at ovw or i trained under um you know i don't know pritchard in tennessee or whatever and uh you know you you have a pedigree then uh, that that name attaches to you. So you're more than likely to get hired for independent shows. Then it's on you. You got to go out there and you got to perform. You got to do your role really well. You got to be a baby face. If you're a baby face, you got to be a heel. If you're a heel, if you're just an enhancement talent, you got to go bump your ass off. That's what you got to do. And then you got to hope that you get recognized and keep moving up the ladder and then eventually get hired by one of the big shows. Well said, well said. Right. So we're going to end off with this question here. It comes from James Wild. It was actually somebody at my workplace. Why does anything exist when in the beginning there was nothing? I think this is a great question to end on. Wow. That is a... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple of different ways you could go with this, I suppose. You, you could go the religious route, right? And yep. you could say that the, uh, the universe had a creator, and the creator put a plan into motion, and uh, you know we are what we are because of said creator. Uh, the other thing that we could do is just the uh, the scientific accident theory that uh, we are all a product of the Big Bang Theory um, in, in which matter split off from a gigantic star and eventually morphed over millions of years to various, uh, various organisms, um, which eventually turned into plants and and humans and dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff and just evolved to the point to where we are now um and, and brie mode says uh maybe aliens had something to do with it who knows <laughs> who knows but we need to get the meme of the guy with the giant hair from like the history channel that just says aliens <laughs> yeah well said creative idea gives us hope sugar <laughs> sugar <Did> any... <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the creation idea gives us hope, which I, I think is part of why you know religion has flourished so much over the years because it 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 gives people hope. Um, because I mean, nobody wants to think that we all just go nowhere, right? Like we're all just here by happenstance, and then we just don't exist anymore. So, yep, and that's a great question to end on, right? So that pretty much wraps all the questions up, Mister Isaacs. The only final thing is to say from you is, who wins the show? <sighs> so I thought about this long and hard as we the questions and the question that i think had the best answers from us i think was the question that dollywood had about who you would train under so really? i'm gonna say dollywood's the winner wow so let me find the question this one yes there who you go you living or dead who would you pick and why because 
I thought that gave us a brilliant chance. Like, I love the Carl Gotch answer that I had. I loved your answer about Stu Hard. We got into the technicalities and everything. So I'm going to go with Dollywood. I think that was a good good question. Well then, so Dollywood, hope you are watching. Congratulations. You have got a Magic of Red. <laughs> Red. <I> knew- <laughs> These two have got so much beef going on between each other, but you know. You're going to have to buy a Brimo to t-shirt too. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, of course, well done, Dollywood. You obviously have won the shirt. I will be getting in touch with you to get your shirt ordered to you. So, and I don't know. I think we'll probably do one later down the line. What do you think? Should we do another one of these? What's that? I'm sorry. I was looking off to the side here. (laughs) Yes, I did answer it. Do not diss. Uh, dear, yes, but I had I a good have... answer for that, though. You have to admit. <laughs> well, I'm not answering the first one because I refuse to answer that. Gotta be, gotta be smart here, right? Okay. Uh, dear, yeah, they're bound yeah. to determine to get you shirtless at some point, Liam. Uh, yeah, no comment. <laughs> no, no comment. But yeah, of course, I think we will probably do another one of these. I'm not quite sure when yet, but yeah, this has been really, really fun. I mean, have you enjoyed this? Yeah, I, I love this mailbag segment. I would like to see this be a monthly show from us, uh, but we got to get these questions going. Like we, we, we got some questions this time, but we, we need them. Uh, we need quite a few. I'd like to see more from the community, and so that we can, uh, so Liam can quit bugging his HR department for more questions. So, <laughs> yeah, I've got to go into work now, saying that none of them actually won. So I might get a written one. <laughs> Oh uh, dear, this is brilliant. And King Charles is going to write in on the next one. Oh, so I'm, I'm curious to see what he has to say about this. Yeah, of course, of course. Right, so pretty much that all wraps the show up. Don't oh, forget, you can Aaron head to... This is his favorite show so far. Thank it's you. Been really, it's Thank been you. really fun. So much it's range of questions. So, But yeah, don't forget, you can head to effingwrestling.com. You can find all our social medias on there. No, at the bottom. No, there we go. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify. You can listen to me or not actually see my ugly face, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, don't forget to tune into the All F in Wrestling show where we're doing Canada Dry's top five. I'll more about that tomorrow night. Um, any final words from the expert? I, I want to thank you guys for being here today and participating in the mailbag. We are going to continue to do this uh, moving forward. I think this has been a great show it's been a lot of fun good format and uh, i hope you all have a great weekend and uh you know go out and enjoy yourselves you know watch some wrestling if you want to do that go out to the bar if you want to do that let's just all have a good time and let's focus on living life in a positive way well said well said don't forget to like share and subscribe and we'll see you all in the next one magic man out and the expert out <laughs>